How's it going guys? My name is Will Holdren, host of your Willpower Podcast, and today we have a very special guest, Andrea Donsky, and Mrs. Donsky is the founder of NaturallySavvy.com, and she is also a best-selling author. So Mrs. Donsky, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem, Will. Definitely call me Andrea. <laughs> Alright, appreciate it. So to start off, I like to ask my guests all the same questions. So what motivates you to get out of bed every day to do what you do? Oh, I love that. I would say my passion, for sure. I am extremely passionate about what I do, and I'm a nutritionist, and I run naturallysavvy.com, and I help people make healthier choices. So for me, it's all about loving what I do. Definitely. I love that. Passion is definitely very important. So you are a nutritionist, and I'm just wondering, like, what was your past like, and how did it help you to get to where you are now? Sure, yeah, like I, when I was in my early 20s, I had a lot of stomach issues, and I didn't know what was causing them, so I'd have like gas and bloating, and every time I would eat, I just wouldn't feel great, so I started to do a lot of my own research, and eventually, as I got, you know, towards my late 20s, I decided to go back to school to really understand the, our bodies and learn nutrition, and once I did that, my whole life changed because I understood that what I was eating was actually affecting how I was feeling. So that's really what led me down the path to become a nutritionist and understand how I can then help other people make those better choices. So for example, someone like myself, I'm lactose intolerant, but I never really paid attention to it. So I would continue to eat dairy, but then every time I ate dairy, I would suffer the consequences. So I would say that's really what opened my mind and my eyes to really understanding that connection between the food that we're eating and the way our body is feeling. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. I think a lot of people today, like, they don't really know what's in the food that they're eating and how it actually reacts to their body and that kind of stuff. So I think it's cool that you are diving into that for yourself. And so you also started Naturally Savvy. And just for people that don't know, like, what is NaturallySavvy.com? So Naturally Savvy is a website where we really educate people on living a healthier lifestyle. There's no judgment, and we cover all areas from, you know, if you're, well, if you're a child, you're younger, to your teenage years, to, you know, trying to conceive, having babies, as well as into your older years. So if you're entering perimenopause or menopause, so we like to cover up all the bases of, you know, I, I, I always say it's like my life online, so where I, you know, it's Naturally Savvy's been around for almost 12 years now, wow. and it covers, it really runs the gamut of where I've been in my life over the course of the last 12 years, which is pretty cool. So just, just really providing information in a non-judgmental, non-biased way, and always reference, there's always references, so it's based on fact, and um, yeah, just, and we have recipes, so we just try to keep it real, at the same time just providing that information where people can feel that we're not judging them if let's say they're not 100 percent organic or you know if they're trying to eat better we've, we've got you covered on all, in all on all angles right yeah and you said that the website's been up for 12 years which is a pretty long time which means that it's pretty successful 
So, I mean, when you started this website, like, did you ever have any setbacks, like, with your business or anything before you just became successful? Hmm. You know what? It's a great question. So, I've been in, what's interesting is 2020 is 20 years that I'm in business with my business partner. So, I've, I've I've been an entrepreneur for a really long time. And, you know, naturally, Savvy's been around for 11, but I had another business that was around for 18. We closed it a couple of years ago. And I would say for sure, I mean, there are setbacks all the time. And I think the key as an entrepreneur is understanding that those setbacks just help you learn. I take them always as a learning experience and then try not to let it get me down, which it will. I mean, we're human. It's going to get us down. Or at least it got me down a lot of the time, you know, when it was going through it. But then I was able to get out of it move on and try different things. So I've had several setbacks. I mean, we've tried so many different things that didn't succeed, but we just pivoted and were flexible in our thinking and our way of doing things and kind of went down another path. And that's what has worked for us. Yeah. And it's always impressive for me to be able to talk to CEOs because of how much work it really is. And I think a lot of people don't actually know how hard it is to actually be a CEO and run a successful company because you're affecting so many other lives of people that like work for you, people that buy your products, that kind of stuff. And so it's all very important. And uh, so in your opinion, what is the best part about being a CEO? I mean, you know, I just love, I love creativity. I love coming up with business ideas. And so we're a small company. So I'm CEO, biz dev. I mean, we're, we're, we're on a lot of different things, right? So yeah. it's, it's a matter of understanding the business, understanding, having a vision to see where, it's, where the potential is and where we're able to go with it. And then obviously, you know, interacting with the people who work with us. So I would say I'm, maybe we're a little different than some of the, you know, than a regular CEO who is, you know, looking after, let's say, a larger company. I've got my hands in so many different things. So for me, I love that because it really, I understand all facets of our business in terms of, you know, from, you know, the smaller things to the larger things. Yeah. Um, and I know that you've also been on TV talking about all this nutritional value and foods. And so what was it like being on TV? Sorry, well, you're cutting, sorry, well you were cutting out there for a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just wondering, what was it like being on TV for the first time? Like, were, were you nervous? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was so nervous the first time we were, I was on TV. It was NBC. I was a nervous wreck. And my huh. partner, Randy, was with me at the time. She did TV with me back then. This was 12 years ago. Wow. And I did not – I don't even think I said two words. I, I have the video. I just watched it recently, which made me laugh. Uh, Randy did all the talking, and every time the you know the host would ask me a question, I'd literally look at my look at Randy and I have her answer the question. I was petrified. Wow. I think I was in the bathroom for like a half an hour before, and I, I literally I, I was frozen. I, I just I, I don't know. I just I got nervous. I let my nerves get you know get the best of me. Yeah. But what I did do, which is I think would be so valuable for your listeners, well, is that after that after I did that segment, I came home. And I called my publicist and I said, I want you to book me on every single TV station you could possibly book me on in New York. And I'm going to go to New York and do TV. And I did not let it go. I, I literally took that experience of how, and, I, and I'm talking fear. I'm talking like paralyzing fear where I couldn't even speak practically or I was in the bathroom before, like I said, to taking that and going, okay, obviously I've got some fear about being on television. 
let me take it and let me fight it. And I literally went and did everything I could after, did all the media I could possibly do in New York. And then from there, I just worked at it. I got coaches. I practiced. And now I am on TV all the time. Wow, <laughs> so yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, you were able to turn your weakness into one of your strengths. And I go, oh, 100%. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Yeah, I know a lot of people out there, like, they struggle to do that because it is their weakness. They don't really want to work on it because it's, it's their weakness and they're afraid of doing it over and over again because they're just going to look bad. But, I mean, if they just do what you did, practice turns your weaknesses into strengths, and I think that's very crucial for everyone to develop. Um, I agree. So you're obviously a health expert. Um, how did you learn to separate yourself from other health, health experts in your field? Hmm, that's an easy one. I knew from day one that I was never going to practice. So it wasn't something, I didn't become a nutritionist because I wanted to actually practice with clients. I became a nutritionist because I had the vision back then, this was 1999 or 1998 when I went back to school. I had the vision that I was going to someday need it in a bigger capacity. And I'm not saying people who practice is in a big capacity. I'm saying I knew that I wanted to really speak to the masses and not do one-on-one counseling so it was it was just one of those things I just kind of had I just knew I don't know I just knew that I wasn't going to use it to practice so that that really I think makes me different than a lot of um, nutritionists who by the way we need our nutritionists because they're amazing and they help so many people change their lives yeah but for me it wasn't going to be it it wasn't going to be my career where I was practicing it was going to be I was going to use and leverage my 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 degree to be able to do something a little bit different, which I did. So I'm able to do it by being on television. I'm able to do it by, you know, running my website or doing speaking engagements or whatever that is. Wow, yeah. And obviously it's working because you've been in this business for a long time now, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. And so for all Thank the – for people that are wondering, like, what are the best foods that people should be eating, like, day in, day out, the healthiest foods? The healthiest. Well, I think, you know, one thing that we're going to see in the next several years is that nutrition is so customized for everybody, right? So I might say to you, you know what, you should absolutely be eating, you know, avocados. Well, the next person, avocados might not work for them, right? So I think that, you know, we need to listen to our bodies and understand, you know, at the end of the day, well, it's all about whole foods. So fruits and vegetables, making those better choices, right? So we want to, you know, want to keep our blood sugar stable. So eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains and good fats like avocados and olive oil, eating omega three, so you can get those from whether you're vegan, from like walnuts or chia seeds or ahi flour or fish, you know, if you eat fish, right? So yeah. eating those that those those nutrients are key. So we want to fuel our brain, we want to fuel our body, right? So listen to yourself so just because somebody says oh you should be eating a lot of avocados we'll use that example again and your body doesn't like avocados because you can't digest a high amount of fat well then listen to your body because that's important because at the end of the day we need to be the pilots of our own ship let's call it of our own bodies and yeah. if something doesn't feel right then we got to honor that and listen to that but it's really choosing those better options for us limiting sugar limiting alcohol limiting things that we know aren't really good for us stimulants, right? So that can be taxing on our adrenal glands, for example. So if you're living on, you know, 10 cups of coffee a day, maybe look at switching that to having a green drink and putting some kale in it or doing something that's a little bit different or looking at those little, like, energy balls or something that's going to still give you that 
energy that you're looking for with that cup of coffee, but it may not have the same negative effect on our body. Yeah, and I liked how you said everyone's body is different. And so because of that statement, I mean, do you think that everyone should have their own personalized diet that they go to? Yes, and, and that diet should come from from ourselves and listening to our body. So, for example, I'll give you a great example. So I had genetic testing done recently, and I, I did it through this company called Utrans that I work with. And they came back to me, and they're like, oh, your genetics actually can't digest high amounts of fat. I'm like, isn't that interesting? Because I was wow. just doing the keto diet like a month before, and I and every time I would have like high amounts of fat, I would feel nauseous. Like my liver did not like it, and I'm like, wow, that totally makes sense to me now because my body, according to my genetics, can't digest fat. So I switched it to a paleo diet, and I also found out through that testing that my body can't digest starch. Like high amounts of starch, my body just doesn't like it. Wow. So for me to eat a high a diet that's high in whole grains doesn't work for me. So what I did was I went paleo, and that was the solution for me. But I now I could have now I'm a nutritionist, so I've also you know a little bit more in touch with my body. So I knew certain foods didn't feel right, but having that genetic testing actually confirmed to me that okay, so I need to like cut out my popcorn, which by the way is still good for us. But yeah. I cut out the popcorn and you know cut out the quinoa, which again still very healthy food. Going back to your question about healthy foods, quinoa is so healthy, and if you can digest grains. Oh my gosh, love that, love that grain, yeah. and high in protein, but it's not good for me. So that has been, that, that really opened up my eyes to, in terms of that customized way that we need to eat, because now the paleo diet works amazing for me. Yeah, so like, so people that want to lose weight, like it's not always just go to the paleo diet or go to the keto diet. I mean, you gotta, like you said, you gotta look at like what your body type is and what you can digest and not digest. So I, I think that's interesting. And um, yeah, and our genetics play a huge role in that, right? So, like, so let's say, for example, sorry to interrupt you, but let's say, for example, you because I've heard so many times, oh my gosh, I try, especially for let's say older people. So you're young, but let's say people who are over forty, and they're like, you know, um, and especially women, they're like, you know, I'm, I'm, they're entering perimenopause or they're entering menopause, and they're like, my body's changing, and I'm not losing weight, and I'm, in fact, I'm gaining weight, and so there's other things that play a role, like hormones that play a big role. Detoxification. Like some people don't have good detox genes that are preventing them from losing weight. So there's, the good thing about all of this now is that there's testing available that we can now determine why it is. So if you've tried every diet under the sun and you're not losing weight, well, maybe genetics are at play or maybe there's hormones that are causing that, right? So it's, it's, yeah. we can look at other things and other markers to help us determine what why, why that is. Yeah, I think that was another good point about the whole genetic side of things. So, do you think, like, like if your family in the past was, like, obese, and then you were growing up, and then, do you think that, like, it's more plausible for you to become obese, or do you think that you can work out of it by changing your diet, like, or do you think that genetics has too much of a factor where you just, there's nothing you can do about it? There's an amazing doctor that I, I, you should absolutely interview. His name is Mansour Muhammad, and I will introduce you to him. Okay, thank you. He will tell you that our genetics are our genetics. So when we're born, I mean, he knows way more than me because he's one of the top five geneticists in the world. But from what I understand is our, our, our gen, when we're born, our genetics are genetics. They never change. But what can be changed is, is, is something they're looking at now called epigenetics. So how our genes are expressed. So just because someone in our family has some type of genetic predisposition does not mean that 
we will have the same thing because we can actually change the expression of our genes. And that is his life's work. He's a brilliant man, and I would be happy to introduce you to him because he will tell we, you know, go into what much more detail than I can possibly, but he can provide <laughs> you with that information. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, no problem. So there's there's a couple foods out there that are like there's different articles that come out about it like every other week it seems like of like what's healthy and what's not healthy. So one of the big ones I wanted to mention is milk. Like in your opinion, is milk good or bad for people? So I'm not a fan of milk. I'm dairy in general. It's just it's for me for my body, and because I'm lactose intolerant, and like gene- actually I'm genetically. A lactose intolerance. So for me, I've never been able to digest dairy. But you know, there's different rules. Of, like, there's a lot of people who feel like so dairy is pro-inflammatory, meaning it causes inflammation in the body. So it's not great for us. Now, it doesn't mean I don't give it to my kids. No, my kids do eat dairy. I try to do organic as much as possible. But if you're somebody who's feeling that a you can't digest dairy because it doesn't do well for you, then stop eating dairy. There's so many alternatives these days to dairy products. So if you drink milk, well, try almond milk, coconut milk, hemp milk, quinoa milk. Like there's like a million and one milks out there now that alternatives that we can eat. So that's that's my that's what I love the most is that I literally help people with those alternatives. So that if you can't do something or don't want to do something or want to try something different, you can try an alternative to it that'll be just as good, work just as well, but it provides you with a different option. So to answer your question about dairy, I'm not the biggest fan, but that's for my body. Yeah. Now, will I tell people not to eat it? If they're telling me that they are producing inflammation, then I say then switch off this. It okay. is pro-inflammatory. It does create inflammation in the body. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of people nowadays, like their lives are so active and stuff, and they're always on the go, it seems like. And so for people that are, live that kind of lifestyle, like what are the healthiest kind of snacks for these kind of people to eat? Instead of just getting like fast food everywhere you go, which is obviously not good for you. so much information out there for people and like to see like what's healthy and what's not healthy so I mean like why do people just not eat healthy like what's your take on that oh I mean there's so many reasons there's like 
emotional reasons. There's reasons because it's not available. Like that, I hear that a lot. That it's not. It's, it's not. They can't access it so well, right? So yeah. you know, there are, there are food deserts, especially in the United States, where people can't access even fruits and vegetables, fresh fruits and vegetables. So I would say, you know, availability is a big issue. I would say also time. A lot of people are super busy. Everybody, you know, I've got three kids myself. I work full time. You know, I, I'm always running a million miles an hour, and planning ahead can be tough sometimes. So. have one more question for you so um are you living the life now that you dreamt of as a kid Congratulations with that. Um, is there anything else? Is there anything else you'd like to say? No, I just want to say thank you for having me, and I uh, hope I provided some uh, some inspiration or some type of um, help that you know if you're looking to if you have your own company or if you're looking to go into your own company or start your own company. It definitely takes it takes dedication. It takes hard work. It literally is one of those things that has a huge payoff in the sense that if it's something that you know you were meant to be an entrepreneur or to, you know, have your own business, like, I, I, I love it. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. I will tell you that because there are those ups and downs, like you said. But at the end of the day, it, it, the payoff is so worth it in the sense of, you know, being independent, being able to drive things the way you want to drive, you want to drive it, and being in, you know, being able to control your own we can never control anything, right? But being able to at least go on that path that works for you, I guess is the best way to say it, or that you really want to make happen for you. So, yeah, I, yeah. I hope that's um, that helpful for people. Great advice. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, there you have it. Andrea Donsky, thank you so much for joining me today. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold this down
And if we say we gonna, yeah. we gon' hold it's it. Better.